0: hello and welcome to the bookish banter podcast where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books authors and bookish impulse buys follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless tbr go ahead and subscribe leave us a review and follow us on our instagram and tiktok at the bookish banter podcast let's get started I am excited to share these candles with you guys. If you've ever watched my stories, you know I'm constantly burning smiles and light candles. I cannot get through a podcast editing session without my lighted up Bryce candle. It smells incredible. They're soy burn candles that are literal perfection. They have a wood wick, they smell amazing for the entire life of the candle and they're freaking huge, 12 ounces. They last forever and I cannot stop buying more. They're hand blended and poured by Molly over at Molly Smiles Reads and she has a wide variety of fandoms and scents. She has everything from SJM to all of your favorite indie authors. So fill your house with the smells of your ultimate book boyfriend or ultimate book girlfriend and check out her candles over at smilesandlight.com and use my code bookishbanter10 to save. Hello. How's everyone doing? Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. Good. How are you? We are doing great. I'm just saying for all of us, collectively, we're doing great. I've decided. Oh,
1: perfect. (laughs) I will say that my microphone is missing the third leg of its tripod. So I'm holding it like a pop star.
0: Ah, I love that journey for you. (laughs)
1: That's
2: correct.
0: Yeah. As you should. (laughs) I like have propped mine on a box. So I don't have to lean forward because, you know, posture is everything. So
2: I don't have a microphone. So just doing your best. best.
0: You're a co-host. It's time.
2: No, it is time. I should invest in
0: one. (laughs) No, it's totally fine. Well, I have two super fun guests on today to talk about the conclusion to the, I do not understand how this does not have a different title, but the Once Upon a Broken Heart trilogy. And both of them have been on before, but not to discuss this trilogy. So
1: if you guys want to introduce yourselves, say hello. Hi, I'm Elena, also known as Lois Lena on TikTok. And yeah, I'm mostly known for doing the math of smutty books and reading completely unhinged
2: novellas. I think I think that's
1: pretty much <laughs> but I bet I,
2: I like maybe I should have gone before you because oh. I am not known for anything no uh, <laughs> I'm Molly known as also known as Molly Smiles Reads on various platforms of the social and um I make candles smiles and light candles so that's that's about it
1: I have jacks burning right next to me right now that's right
2: vibes the vibes
1: the-
0: both of you guys have been on here before in different contexts. Elena, I think you've only been on bonus
1: episodes, which is super fun. <laughs> People have to pay if they really want to see Yeah,
0: that. that's right. <laughs> but we have had some really good chats, so I love that. And then Molly has been on a couple of times to chat about your business, and we talked about Belladonna. I think that was... What's the last one you've been on?
1: Yeah.
0: And then we did The Daughter of No Worlds. The We did. Yeah, we that was fun. Yeah, we need to finish that series one day. That, oh that's on God. the docket it's for next year. My favorite. <laughs> that hurts i know yeah we need to finish it i've only read the first one and then molly and i sort of just gave up on <laughs> finishing it because
2: readers we were mood yeah readers. that's
0: right mood readers <laughs> anyways we'll do that next year you can come on too so we're going to talk different. about your guys's favorite series literally ever probably like my top five since you guys have been on before and you have answered the token questions we are going to have you guys answer what is your top three reads recently
1: Recently is a very good question because if you had me comb through 140 books I've read this year, that would have taken a lot more time. I would say this is to no shock to anybody because everybody is talking about this book, but the Butcher and Blackbird audiobook is just absolutely phenomenal. Duet style. And apparently, I haven't verified this, but I've heard that the narrators were actually in the same room with each other when they recorded it. So they fit, they fed off each other really well. That one is a, uh, Serial killer rom com. So dark elements, but also rom com humor. Love it. That's by Brian Weaver. Then we have Their Vicious Games by jo- Joel Wellington. That book was like If Mean Girls was also Battle Royale. Absolutely fantastic. Loving for all of the vibes. And then I love Carissa Broadbent. So Six Scorched Roses. 100% is tied as one of my most recent f- uh, faves with Off the Hook, which is the first book in the Never Harbor series by Julie Olivia.
2: Oh my gosh, Elena, we're sharing a favorite. <gasps> oh! um, so my fav- top three recently, the first one I'll say Off the Hook by Julie Olivia. I am a slut for small town romance. And Julie <laughs> Olivia knows how to write a small town romance. Mm-hmm. And Um, Peter Pan is also one of my absolute favorite like classic uh, fairy tales and mix the two together and it's perfection another one of my favorites recently was A Study in Drowning by Ava Reed I have never read anything so beautifully written and like tragically sad at the same time and it just like it 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 was perfection. And then finally, I'm going to have to say Better Hate Than Never by Chloe Lisa. It oh. is the second in her Wilmot Sister series. And each of those books, which that's the second one in the series, take after Shakespeare plays. And this one was a retelling of Taming of the Shrew. And there were also nods to 10 Things I Hate About You in it, which was great.
1: I know you love Heath Ledger.
2: Uh-huh. R.I.P. R.I.P.?
1: The vibes, the
0: vibes. I love all of those. Okay, I have heard a ton about the Blackbird one, but it was not on my radar until you said that it was phenomenal. So I, I'm i going to have to add that one to my list because I've heard nothing but good things. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I love that. Off the hook. The vibes, yeah. the vibes. Just, we love a small town romance. Julie really just,
1: she really, truly knows how to write a small town romance. And her her other her other work the honeywood series is also absolutely fantastic and on Kindle Unlimited so oh, okay we like that yeah i need
0: to get back in my like audiobook era so i feel like i'm going to have to add all of these to the list because i'm 22 books from the end of my reading goal and the year is ending
2: i if, how is it already this month how is it already november i don't want to talk about it I don't well, I like have, have
1: about 30 <laughs> books that you can read. pretty quickly. <laughs> I know.
0: I know. I'm like making a list. I'm like, OK, so I need to like pack some novellas in there.
1: <laughs> I'll send you my list. Please do. I'm following
0: very dedicatedly. But no, six scorched roses was a really good one. And I like that you added that one into
1: novella November. Mm-hmm. It was nice. I was very happy to get some fantasy romance in there. That's right.
0: It's a nice beauty and the beast <laughs> retelling.
1: I did not make that connection until you just said that. (laughs) I I, So I covered
0: it for the podcast earlier this year. And I said the same thing to Lucia, who did it with me. And she was like,
1: wait, what? And I was like, yeah, bro. Like, (laughs) oh, my God. They even go to attack. Oh, my God. You just blew my mind. She's like in the woods and he saves her from the wolves. And like, oh, my God. Yeah they attack
0: his house you know i don't know anyways the it thing. all
1: comes back to beauty and the beast it's
0: always Every beauty and the beast time. there's some roses involved you know you're blowing
1: my fucking <laughs> mind
0: right <laughs> now in a, they're, the they're
1: they're they're roses that oh my god okay it's so an enchanted gonna... rose never heard of it i don't know oh my god don't she's know. the weird girl in town i don't know into like books and stuff. Oh my! With a with a family member. Oh my God! Yeah, it's
0: good though. I mean, it's good. Jesus. You know, if you can't make the comparison initially, then you know it's a good retelling. That's completely fair. That is completely fair. It's like wow, that feels like a very original idea. <laughs> originally, <laughs> sort of.
1: But only I could see that an animated version of
0: this. Yeah, I mean, it's good. It's just yeah, it's good. It was good, but it, it is the same. <laughs> It all comes back to Persephone in the end. It's all coming back to me. Anyways, okay, so we are here to talk about our favorite couple of all time. Okay. <laughs> I would like to say before you guys get started that I felt like Evangeline because I have not read the other two books in- since they came out, like since the last one came out. So mm-hmm. I forgot everything. Um mm. did you guys do a reread before you started this? Yes. Yes. That was so smart of you.
2: I did a listen, so I hadn't mm-hmm. Whenever I do a reread, I usually try to get it on audio so that I can uh, plow through it and not get, like, reader's exhaustion. I don't know, like, my mm-hmm. eyes tired from reading, like, the same thing. But, yeah, I just finished The Ballad of Never After, like, five, four days before Curse came out.
1: Yeah, I I do the same as Molly. Typically, when I do a reread, I will do it on audio. One, because I'm the type of person that can zone out quite frequently when it comes to audiobooks. And so if I already know what's going to happen, zoning out and coming back in is not like an issue with rereads. But also, it's like experiencing that story in a different medium, which is as close as you're going to get to experiencing it for the first time again. And so I actually listened to both of them, which was my third time. Uh, consuming the Once Upon a Broken Heart and I think my second time for Ballad of Never After.
0: So I've only ever actually consumed them via audiobook. And I read this one, which is the first time I've done that. And I feel like it was kind of the same for me, I think, because I listen to a lot of audiobooks, though I wish I would have gone back and done the audio before because I was like, what's going on? What are we up mm-hmm. to? I'm, I don't know either. How did I, all I remember was like her dying at the very end and then Jack's turning back time. And I forgot that Apollo was the one that took her memory. So like when she found that out, I found it out with her. Uh, <laughs> we went on like a real journey together. I was like, wow, <laughs> the first 40%, I was like, I am so confused. What happened? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, it was my fault. But like, I think she did a good job of like, if you hadn't gone back, you could still like, I was still, you know, I'm obviously like invested in the story because I've done the other two books. But I really was like, I should go back and reread this. But she does a good enough job, I think, of adding those little elements in there. That, like if you haven't reread it like if you didn't reread it or you haven't read it in a long time you could like pick it up and and
2: kind of remember spell out like this is what happened last time but she's right. really good about putting in those little nuances of oh wait that's right mm-hmm. yeah do a reread of once upon a broken heart when ballad came out yeah and i just went right in and i was like oh god what like for maybe Who's like that yeah pretty much and then stephanie does a really good job of subtly reminding you of what happening what happening Mm -hmm. what happened without spelling it out Mm -hmm. not like previously on once upon a broken heart I, Um, i mean
0: honestly this is my like plea for all fantasy authors to write just like a teeny tiny synopsis at the front of every book
1: yeah that's fair what is her name frankie who does the daughter of uh daughter of the drowned empire she has about I think six books in that series. And she does that at the beginning of every single one of her books. She's like, this is where we left off. It's just a nice little synopsis, which is always great.
2: Yeah. That's for weekly television shows. Weekly. Yeah. Like, why don't we get them for fantasy books that are intricate and come out like once every 18 months? (laughs) Because
1: I'm listening to Fourth Wing on two times the speed, so I don't have to spend 20 hours so that I can read the new book.
0: (laughs) I know I like did a wiki recap and then I was like, none of this makes any sense. So I just gave up and I was like, I'll just be Evangeline. We'll be going through this journey together, getting our memories back. (laughs) Uh, Yay. So no, I loved it, but I was very confused.
1: I would have voice memo to you and just been like, here's what you need to know.
2: Pretty much. (laughs) much. You need to be angry going into this book.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And like, I do remember it. And obviously I, I remember Apollo being, you know, shitty and shady and all that kind of stuff but i like forgot that he was the one that took her memories i was like i don't remember what happened here <laughs> I
1: oh my god gotta, at we're least... not supposed
2: to like him. you
1: gotta read the last chapter <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> that scene was so upsetting that yeah. one hurt so upsetting yeah that one was painful
0: yeah so not to do star ratings because we'll do them at the end but overall what was your guys kind of initial thoughts on this one liked
2: it i liked it a lot okay yeah i liked it a lot too yeah um, I mean it's it's Stephanie Garber so that's going to be like that whimsy and like kind of like yeah. vibe to it and mm-hmm. I think based off of other people's reactions people went in with like really really high expectations mm-hmm. and I think to an extent we need to remember like the author doesn't necessarily owe you specifically all of the things that you want in the mm-hmm. book because you're not the one writing it mm-hmm. yeah so
1: And to play off what what Molly is saying, a lot of the criticism that I've seen specifically about A Curse for True Love is that Stephanie does not explain every single thing, that she doesn't tell you every single minute detail, every single thing you want to know. And I think a lot of those people, not all of them, but I think a lot of those people maybe haven't read the Caraval series or any of Stephanie's yeah. like previous work, because that's very much just her style. Like, Stephanie's explanation is most of the time going to be magic and love, and that's it. You're going to get magic, you're going to get love, and that's what you got. So you, so do, I think that a lot of the people were explaining, like, these super, like, monolog explanations as to, like, why... Jax does this or why uh this was set up this way we're just not going to get that i mean the end the end of the first book in caraval is basically like how did that happen the power of love right right you know so so that's just kind of stephanie's thing and i think that a lot of people didn't know that maybe Mm -hmm. going into this series and we were were expecting a lot more than what stephanie's style typically gives
2: exactly and i think yeah I went into this trilogy not having read Mm Carabelle, but then through the insistence of Elena, (laughs) I have.
1: Insistence is a nice way of saying nagging. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) You
2: know, I'm I'm always the diplomat here. No. But through, after reading the Carabelle trilogy and then going back with my re listen of Once Upon a Broken Heart. There are even some little nuanced questions that were answered mm-hmm. in that from the sisters mm-hmm. in the first book. So for those of you who have read Curse for True Love, it is kind of open-ended for some other characters for a potential other book. And maybe some questions will be answered there.
0: Yeah, I think she does a really good job of like what you're saying, answering a lot of questions like magic and love. And even in... Like, even if you never read Caraval, and even if you have read it, it's like she. I think what I like about her writing style is that there's this ending where, when you end a book, it's like, okay, this is the ending. Maybe all your questions haven't totally been answered, but like, you know that this is like where it's going to go. You don't have to guess. Then there's the ending where it's like, then they walked off into the sunset and it's like up for interpretation. Then there's the Stephanie Garber ending where Mm -hmm. it's like, magic and love is the answer. But like, you know, you kind of don't have to guess what's going to happen. But at the same time, not everything has been answered. And you're still like, you know, what about this and what about that? And it's very like a very good combination of both Mm -hmm. because I hate the walk off into the sunset, but I do like her endings. And like if you read, I think finale is very, very similar to this one where a lot of stuff happens, but not a lot really happens. And then you sort of like are fine with how it ends and you love all the characters and you're like, I'm good. And you don't feel like you need to go back and reread the whole series to like pick up any nuances. But at the same time, if you went back, you'd like discover something new each time. You know
1: what Mm I mean? Yeah.
2: I think it's the most, the closest to what, it sounds really cheesy, a friendship with other people would be like. So if your friends go through this weird situation that Evangeline and Jax went through and then they had their happily ever after, but you don't have all the answers, but you know your friends are happy you're going to be content. Right. And you're going to be like, okay, cool. I can go on with my life and not really worry about everything because honestly, the main people who I was focused on have been taken care of.
0: No, I agree. I I think she does a wonderful job of that. And I think it's really cool. And I liked, I liked that this was the conclusion, but I kind of felt like, and I'm glad that both of you had said, like you both read it before I did, Mm-hmm. and I'm glad that both of you had said going into it like all of your questions are not going to be answered it's very Stephanie Garber all of that because I think I don't know if I necessarily would have because I had read Carval a long time ago and then you know went into the series but I think if I hadn't had that mindset going in I might have been a little frustrated with how it ended and yeah. I might have been frustrated with the whole book because as much as like a lot goes on nothing really happens in this book yeah it's I, just very much vibes like I know I, we're going yeah. on an adventure and like you know she's answering questions and stuff but it's like the whole thing is really trying to find Jack's like, that's the whole book. Whereas like, I think in the last one, it's like, you know, we have the Archer curse. We have the vampires that we're trying to figure out, you know, Evangeline's trying to get answers to her questions. She's trying to figure out if she likes Jack. Like there's so much going on and like they move a lot too. Right. We're in the hollow, we're in the castle, we're jumping off cliffs. Like so many things go on. I think in the second one versus like the first and the third one, which, you know, it's just sort of setting up and ending. We're in a lot of the same places. You know, we're like 50% through before we get into like the cursed Forest.
1: That is a really good point. And I feel like now that you bring that up, it very much reads almost like what we typically see in a second book of a series Mm -hmm. where a lot of the times where it's kind of like... It's kind of like there is a betrayal at the end of the first book. And then a lot of the times in a lot of series, um, not Stephanie Garber's, but in a lot of other series, a lot of the times the second book is a lot more character driven than Mm -hmm. plot driven and a lot more about rebuilding relationships. And in this that didn't happen, it was more the first and second book were a lot more plot driven and things. And I do think that this third one, it is partially plot driven, but I think a lot of it is based off of wanting these characters to reunite and spending yeah. more time in the emotional journey than of the
2: the well, it's hard crazy hard, one like, to have and evangeline really go anywhere when she doesn't know anything yeah mm-hmm. so like you can't because she doesn't know anything but like that one thing she does know is she has something very important to tell someone and she doesn't mm-hmm. know who- and that i think what is the very
0: important thing i'm just i forgot she loves Jax okay
2: <laughs> I was at like the, what is it what did she have to tell the, him at the end of Ballad of, of Never After she was like oh my god I love Jax I have okay. to tell him. tell him because that means that like everything's gonna be okay and he will be happy I have to tell him and then she find, Apollo finds her and takes away all of her memories mm mm-hmm. Yeah, and okay. that's how that's how Ballad ends.
0: I was like, "What does she have to say?" I forgot.
2: Like when she wakes up and she goes, "I have something important to tell someone." Like, yeah. You're just, oh God, her little like her love for Jax is still there. So
0: I guess we can kind of start from the beginning. You know, obviously Apollo, you know, comes into the scene and sets the scene. I liked that we got three points of view. I was not expecting Jax POV.
1: I don't know if you guys were or not.
2: Oh, we religiously follow. Yeah. <laughs>
1: We have notifications set. Nice. Okay. Uh, I thought
0: it was only two, episodes. and we weren't getting Jacks. Like, I thought that was like the thing that she was adamant about saying that she wasn't.
1: I believe, no, she- I believe at one point, so Molly, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe at one point Stephanie had written a lot of the book and she decided she didn't like it. And so she scrapped it and she started over again. And I think okay. in that original one, that there wasn't going to be a Jack's point of view and
2: that she changed that. In the original one, it was just Evangeline's point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah that's it and then she realized like there needs to be more nuance of different points of view of characters especially not even just jacks but especially apollo yeah so that's when she decided that there's going to be a multi-pov and that we were getting jacks that's a
1: multi-pov girly i celebrated (laughs) yeah because i
0: thought it was like i remember when the the second one had come out and she was saying like the next one was going to be two POV. We were all like, ooh, who's it going to be? Her and Jax. And then she was like, it's not going to be Jax POV. But then I think she must have added him in at some point because we were like, oh, what? I wonder if it's going to be like Lala's or something. And and then you guys were like, that makes no sense. It would be Apollo. And I was like, all right, well,
1: which I think was completely, like to think that he's irrelevant, think was completely necessary in this book. So I'm happy 100%. that she, completely necessary. I yeah. mean, it just
2: fortified my hatred for him.
1: I, have a very complicated like feeling about Apollo because I I do think in the end he was a bad guy but I do think it was completely necessary because when you look at his journey of getting there he really just started out as a spoiled prince who was cursed three separate times forced to try to kill a woman that he believed he was in love with and was then put a mirror curse on. So anytime somebody hurt him, he knew he was hurting her. And then, you know, he believes he finds out his kingdom thought he died and instead of them like mourning him for what he thought would have been an appropriate amount of time they moved on relatively quickly for him and I so I I felt kind of bad for him at that point but then he just started killing people and I was like okay this guy's a psychopath I (laughs)
2: was like Elena that's like
1: chapter four (laughs) I know I know uh but I then I then I was like I, I okay so so I I found his chapters the most interesting Okay,
2: yeah, I mean, I I
1: have a complicated feeling about it because I'm like, I find him so interesting, probably because we knew so little about his character that I couldn't figure out what he was going to do next. And I think that's why I enjoyed those chapters the most.
2: I enjoyed him. I enjoyed those chapters. I do not have any complicated feelings about him. His reasoning for taking away her memories isn't I, I don't care. Like, but no, like, and then when he realized that he took too many memories away and he was like, oh, I can work this in my favor even more. And then he's a a child basically throwing a temper tantrum because nobody remembered him or no one warned him for more than five seconds because he did nothing throughout his life, but just do what boiled men do. Yeah, Um, And then he thought, well, I'm going to make everybody pay for not really like I got the vibe of, okay, fine. Well, I'm just going to make everyone pay for not really mourning me and yeah. building like monuments to me after I quote unquote died. Yeah. Um, and it just, I don't know. I,
1: I should rephrase that when I say I have complicated feelings about Apollo, I don't mean that I sympathize with him. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that like, I think, he had justified reasons for what he did when I say that I say I have complicated feelings it's because I enjoyed those chapters the most and it's so it's like it's kind of like the whole you know I always find Batman villains more interesting than Batman That does isn't mean I think they're justified in what they do I
2: just find them more interesting right no and I completely agree I, I think it's because at least for me with with Jax, you know, we didn't get his POV until this book, but we met Jax for those of us who've read Caraval. So we kind of know his a little bit about him, but we knew nothing about Apollo. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's why his chapters were so interesting, because we want to soak up as much information about this guy who took away Evangeline's memories as much as possible and and we want to know, like, is he truly a good guy? Like, is there others, is there something else? But, you know, I feel like within the first or second POV of him, like, I still was like, oh, so you're still a jerk.
1: (laughs) I mean, but at the same time, to be fair, you go back to the first book and you see that Jack's manipulated all of Evangeline's choices to work out for him, and he he's completely fine with murdering people or set her, setting her up to die. So it's like he's not exactly got clean hands either. So I think that's the thing where it's like, is he going to have motives like Jack's that are ultimately going to uh, yeah. work out in a way that redeems him, or is he just going to be so self absorbed with his own legacy that he just sucks and? we get that answer in the end
2: yeah yeah <laughs> and I think, to add to the jacks thing mm-hmm. never said i'm a good guy he constantly yeah. stopped yeah to me mm-hmm. i'm going to be yeah. i am not a good guy like so it's not there was never a like cloak and dagger kind of like pay no attention behind the curtain kind of something yeah, yeah is upfront with who he is. He's a fate. He just he doesn't care. He's only looking out for him. And in the beginning, I know we're talking about a curse, but in the beginning of the ba- of ballad, she had that letter she wrote to herself yep. she wrote to herself about who Jax is and to not fall for him and fall for like how she feels about him potentially because he is a selfish fate. And that's just who he is.
0: Yeah, I think Apollo for me gives big like Gaston vibes where it's like you find him to be like kind of an interesting villain, but not necessarily like a villain in any sense because it's like who are you? You're not that relevant until he does something that's like awful. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you don't really think about Gaston and beauty and the beast. I know we talked about this a lot already, but you don't really think about him until he shows up and tries to kill somebody. So it's like, Apollo is interesting in a way that like I forgot he existed. But then when we got his, you know, when we got his POV, I was like, Oh, this is interesting. And I think you do like a lot of political intrigue as well, Elena. And like, that yeah. could be why his was interesting because yeah. you're trying to figure out also if like the Valors are going to be bad guys And you're seeing all of their, like, interactions through the light of Apollo. And it's, like, is that jealousy? Is it, you know, these guys have a hidden motive and they know how to play the system? Is, you know, it's, like, what is Stephanie doing? Is she giving him, you know, unreliable unreliable narrator vibes? Or is this, like, we're going to start to see them more as they interact with, like, other characters? So I think that added another element for Apollo. And then I think with Jackson, Elena or Jackson Evangeline is the Jackson Elena.
1: I'm okay with that. You don't got, you can say that as many
0: times as you want. Hey, I think it's the Damon and Elena argument where he says, you know, right out of the gate, I'm not a good guy. And I think this also, I think because we've all read Caraval as we went into this one, we had a different idea of Jax because yeah. I think you just read Once Upon a Broken Heart. You have a lot of feelings and you're like, okay, Jax obviously is kind of our version of the bad guy. You want her to like Apollo in the first one. Then we get to the second one and it's like, okay, this is interesting. But if you've read Carval you like feel for him in a different way, I think. And if you hadn't read it up until that point, like maybe you're just doing what Evangeline's doing, like slowly falling for him. But I think because Elaine and I had read Carball, like I always was like rooting for Jax because I was like, oh my God, he gets his heart like crushed.
1: He, Yeah, I mean, he I- literally, I would say the amount of pain that I felt when Evangeline gets her memories uh, stolen was mm-hmm. on par to when Jax gets his heart broken In Caraval, like, for me, it was on par because, like, I cared about both of those characters so much, and he basically went from this, like, large fate in Caraval Mm -hmm. to being, like, a crumpled man, which is what makes the beginning of Once Upon a Broken Heart so good because when she sees him, she's like, this doesn't look like a fate. This looks like a broken man. And it's like, oh God, it's because he is.
0: And I think Molly, the way you did it too, like reading Once Upon a Broken Heart, having that investment in him. And then when you go into Carval, you're like, oh, I know this guy. And then when it happens, it's like even worse because you already know that like, all these things are going to happen to him afterwards and it's still not great and nothing's going well. And
2: everyone's sad. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I have to say, even as someone who didn't read Caraval before once upon a broken heart, I was always team Jacks. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Put that I never really liked Apollo. I don't know. It just, I liked, you know, the,
0: It's like too easy to like Apollo. You know what I mean? You, It's exactly what she's saying. This sounds like a fairy tale. This sounds like my happily ever after, but maybe it's not my happily ever ever after. And she talks about it a lot in this one. And I think that was like a really interesting notion for Evangeline to realize in her own subconscious that like this all seems perfect, but there's no such thing as perfect, especially where I come from and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I, I love that she constantly reminded her throughout it and told her to keep doing that.
2: Yeah, exactly. I loved that epiphany that she has about yeah. like my life is a fairy tale, and this is not what I really want in life. And it just like that moment, I'm like, yes, right, girl, because you want Jacks. <laughs> <Like, laughs> can we talk about the moment when he calls her little fox, like the first time in the book? Oh. It's. <sighs> I love
1: it so much. We had mentioned the rereads and uh, I re-listened to Ballad before Molly did. And so at the very beginning of Ballad, when she has, when she's writing the letter, I texted Molly and I was like, oh my God, I think I figured it out. I think I figured out how she's going to remember. She hadn't reread it yet. So I was like, I'm not going to tell you, but I think I have it. So the whole time I'm reading Curse for Tupac, I'm like, where's the letter? Where's the letter? Where's the letter?
0: (laughs) I forgot about the letter. I forgot about everything, if we're being honest. I don't remember a goddamn thing about any of these books. (laughs) That's completely fair. So I was with Evangeline. I was like, oh, my God, that's right. (laughs) But I will say I did really like I love when authors break the fourth wall and call out tropes. Like, it's my favorite thing because I feel like tropes are not a new thing. But everyone specifically recommending books based on tropes is a new thing, like within the last two, three years. And when they called it out and it was like the end of a chapter, I was like, this girl knows the vibes. She knows the vibes.
2: (laughs) Anyways, I thought it was hilarious.
0: Nobody, nobody else thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. I
2: laughed. (laughs) Go back and listen. We responded.
0: Man. Anyways, I just thought that was really funny. I like when she, I like when people call it out. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Let me get there. Quick question though. I know that this isn't answered or was it? And I don't remember who killed everyone. What do you mean? Who killed everybody? Who killed the family, the great family? And then who killed everyone in the inn?
1: Was that chaos? No, right? Oh, I, yeah, I believed, I believed it was chaos because of the way that they described the bodies being torn apart. Mm
0: -hmm. But then they were talking about that false heir that was like her ex-boyfriend and all that kind of stuff.
1: Oh, the one, um, that was, he was also a vampire, so they could have been working together. That's what I assumed was being set up. me too but it was
2: never like Um, that was the one thing i assumed it was chaos
1: yeah i assumed it was chaos by the way they described the bodies yeah but like in what like why though because he can't control his hunger that's why he had to have the like mask put on in the first place because he can't control his hunger
2: he was the monster that was created. No, it wasn't. It was the.
1: No, yeah, he was the. Yeah, he was the yeah, monster was, that was created because he gets killed, and then his mother brings him back. And by bringing him back, she created Jax him to a vampire. Jax asked
2: the mother to. Yeah. Right. And that's what like, caused
1: him to be a vampire. What made him decide to kill the
0: family? Like, was it just like he just stumbled upon that great house and like killed them all? I that was that part was confusing for me because I get why they did it to set it up as like Jax being the one, but then. When it happened again at the end, I was like, oh, they're going to explain it. And then she didn't.
1: I believed it was because he was following them and then just his hunger overtook him. That's what I believed.
2: Sorry. I just remembered that Apollo killed the little boy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The 14 year old. He asks her, he asked him to draw him a picture and then stabs him in the chest.
2: I, so I listened for like the first three quarters of this book because my pre-order didn't arrive until Thursday and the book came out on Tuesday. So the the gasp, the gasp that I gasped when he was like, <laughs> stab that kid. I was like, oh, you definitely are not on my redemption list ever. Now that
1: was the moment I'm with you. That was the moment where I was like, oh, no, he's just a bad guy. Okay. He's just like a just bad, a bad guy.
2: guy. I didn't. I started, not started. I always didn't like him, but I really didn't like him when we find out he's the one who put, he's the one who hired someone or had someone push Evangeline into the well and then he oh, had yeah. he had her guards tortured and killed Along, yeah.
1: was that before or after he kills the kid it was before oh well then maybe that was the point where I was like oh fuck this guy <laughs> like,
0: I think she I was, was I was kind of like oh did he really kill them or is he saying that and then and
2: then later it was like said- vaguely
0: confirmed I and I was like mm.
2: like that whole the chapter after she falls into the well when he's like mm-hmm. I feel a little bad for doing that to her. No, but now I need. She needs to know that she needs to stay with She's me. She's in danger. Yeah. yeah, I was like, "Ooh, all of the red flags are flying, and I don't like it." Yeah,
0: <laughs> so I'm assuming he also hired the assassin, right? I know that's not like blatantly said, but that was him too, right?
1: So hired the assassin. The assassin with the bird.
0: No, the assassin that like comes into a room that Jax kills, and then cleans yeah. up. Yeah. See, these are things that I could see people getting annoyed by. <laughs> I'm
1: trying to remember. I've read about 40 books between these <laughs> Yeah, no,
0: you're fine. So yeah, like the assassin comes in the room and that's like the second time she sees Jacks, or the third time or
1: something like oh, that. Oh yeah, he pulls he pulls him off of her. That's right. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The only thing I would have liked some more on would have been her stepsister because her stepsister... Runs away in the second book because, like, she goes to see like the new king, and the new mm-hmm. king is Luke, who she had placed a love spell on, and he's like, "I'm gonna kill you." So she like, or Jack's like, gets into her head and makes her run away before she can go in. This happens in the ballad Never After, and that was the last time we ever saw her. You I, I,
2: be a book between Luke and her. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but I don't know that
1: you. she deserves to be with him, considering she put a love spell on him and tried to marry him twice.
2: I mean, mean, what's the difference between her and Apollo at that point? I mean, Luke's not that great either, though. Yeah.
1: Well, we only know Luke after he becomes a vampire, too. We don't know him before that. So I think that that also plays a little bit into it. I don't know. I would have loved something about that, but that's really the only thing that sticks out to me. Yeah. Um, I think,
0: I think that, yeah.
1: I forgot about
0: the sister but for like a brief moment and then she talked about her dad and her mom dying and I was like did he get remarried but he must have because I was like the sister isn't Mm -hmm. his her sister I like remembered that and then I was confused and I was like just chalking that one up to chance (laughs) love
1: and magic (laughs) love and magic there you go love and magic is always the answer always love and magic I don't know if you want to talk about this quite yet but I've read was it three of the four bonus epilogues at oh, this point, there are bonus Only- epilogues. There are four bonus epilogues.
0: My my my, okay?
1: There's one in the uh Alcrate, there's one in the Barnes & Noble, there's one in the Fairy Loot, and there's one in the Waterstones edition. Okay? And she does make a note. Stephanie makes a note at the end saying like these are not like specifically canon, just things that may have happened. But as someone who has read these molly how have you read three of the four as well
2: i'm trying to remember the owl crate one and then that was the most recent no what was you keep talking keep that's asking. okay
1: so so in the uh in the barnes and noble one i believe the bonus epilogue is them at the hollow yes and they decide to make the hollow into an inn for travelers correct the Alcrate one and the Waterstones ones actually have to do with the same event, which is wild to me. And I believe okay. the Alcrate one, it's either the Alcrate one or the waterstones ones. I'm not sure which one is which. But in one of them, Evangeline goes back to the tree that Apollo is in, yes. and Jax and her like, write something on the tree. It's basically like a riddle on the tree. And then in the other one, Aurora visits the tree and tries to essentially release Apollo from the tree going off of this riddle that uh, Evangeline and Jax had written. But that epilogue ends with her releasing someone else from the tree. We don't know who that person is. We just know it is a young man that she has released from the tree and we have no information on who that person is.
2: But the riddle that was written, Evangeline yeah. wrote on like one side of the tree. This like it's basically like you can come out and be a normal person in society if you like redeem Me, yourself. Kind of thing. That's right. But on the back, Jax writes almost like a curse, so that if this whoever comes out has ill intentions, then they get sucked back or something. But like we don't get the details. But she says you cursed my curse, like my thing and he was like gotta cover our bases essentially like
1: i believe he- it was it has to be the person's true love
2: that's what she wrote but then he okay. wrote something else on the back and we don't so then know
0: we're yes. assuming that the person that came out as aurora's true love yeah i'd love to learn more about this creepy ass tree
1: yeah mm-hmm. i i love the tree because I think it's not explicitly stated, but what I took from the tree is that uh, you know, as Wolfric Valor says, it'll kill the person you love the most. And I think that that, is, that wording is very specific because I think anybody who is willing to sacrifice the person they love the most for power is always going to love themselves the most, the most. Out of everyone. So I think it's written clearly It that Anyone who has used this tree has become part of the tree. Yep. Which is so gross. That the way Stephanie wrote the descriptions of that scene.
2: I still have nightmares about it.
1: Like, I mean <laughs> Stephanie has a very like whimsical Alice in Wonderland, like fairy tale style of writing. And even in Caraval, there's some dark, darkish things that happen for you know the, the type of setting it's in. But that was on a different level than I've ever read Stephanie, like, describe anything. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, that's horrific.
2: To just yeah, that girl is angry, and this is where she's getting her anger out.
0: I love it. I love it. Were you guys shocked by that, like, twist of events, though, when, you know... Because I kind of felt like I didn't know where Wolfric stood, and he said he warned him and all that kind of stuff. But I wasn't expecting Apollo to, like, end up in the tree. Like, that was really shocking to me.
2: The second Wolfric said... It's gonna take the person you love the most. I was like, oh, Apollo's gonna sacrifice. He's gonna try to sacrifice Evangeline, but it's gonna yep. take him because yep. he is a selfish prick and yep. he only loves himself. Throughout the entire book, he basically is like, I love Evangeline, but nobody mourned me while I was gone. Yep. There were no there were no monuments for me. All like it was all about him. Yeah with like the oh I love Evangeline on top which really wasn't anything it's even
1: stated before he met Evangeline that he never planned on marrying that he was like they thought this like Nocte never ending was gonna last forever because he had said he was never gonna get married he didn't see himself ever loving someone and I got chills the moment That I I literally was like, oh, my God, that that was amazing. The moment that Wolfric Valor, after Apollo was taken into the tree, that uh, they're like, are you going to take your kingdom back? He goes, I never needed to take it back. It was always mine. Like, and I really thought that that was just his, like the whole book, when you read it, he's very confident. He's like, I don't need to do anything. I'm just going to let this play out. And this kingdom, I don't need to take back. It's always going to be my kingdom. I'm the smartest. I'm the strongest. And he is a little boy who has done nothing with his life. Like, I'll just let him play his own game.
2: He gave me the scene from Game of Thrones where the dad was like, "What? if someone has to say they're the king, then they are not the king. Like, yeah. that, that scene mm-hmm. is, like, that same kind of energy. And I was like, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think like the way that she describes them throughout the whole thing, too, is being sort of like ethereal and having a lot of power and like more than a man. And same thing with his wife, like just exuding that power. I really like that's why I was like, I'm kind of interested to see if they end up being the bad guy or if they just become this sort of different version of themselves. And I'm excited to see, but I'm also not going to get my hopes up that she will do something with them in their own series. And I almost want it to be a prequel instead of like a continuation. Yeah. Of like, of the of the books that like have been on the Fairy Loot editions. Like, I want the book of the Ballad of Never After of the sorry of the Ballad of the Archer and the Fox. I want the book of the Inglorious History of House Slaughterwood. That's the one. Oh, the Slaughter Slaughterwood.
1: Was. That's right.
2: Yeah,
1: I do think you know Stephanie set up a lot of things that it, you know it almost makes me feel like she has a lot of ideas and she doesn't know what to go with next mm-hmm. because we could get more with Lala and Lala oh, no my- longer wanting to really. This is no longer the same person she was when she was in love with the the Valor Boy. We have the epilogue with the guy getting out of the tree. We have chaos. What happened? What's gonna happen with chaos? Where's he going? Things like like, that. We have she has so many opportunities uh within this book to branch out. I really want a lala story (laughs) because of the tree. (laughs) Oh my (laughs) god. So the regular
0: epilogue is literally just Jax and Evangeline like walking off happily ever after. But the last line in there is like it's like the curse watching them like it's their Mm -hmm. point of view. And then the curse says there's other things going on in the north to like pay attention to. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm interested to see. So what were your guys' thoughts, I guess? I know we're kind of all over the place, but what were your guys' thoughts on the way that like the story between Jax went where Aurora is telling it and she's like, it's not, you know, it's not Jax's true love that's going to make his heartbeat again. The story curse like messed all of that up and it's going to be someone who could never love him. Does that make you look differently upon like Carval and that storyline? Or oh, were you just like very happy that they were able to
1: break the curse? Yes. However they did that. I, I, I absolutely loved that because I think... It's so hard to be like, oh, Tella is his true love, especially when we are reading a series in which like true love is like the top thing, like love, 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 like nothing beats love, true love, everyone has a true love. And so it always has been like, how could she pick like somebody else over her true love? Does she have two true loves? Like, how does this work? And was that just set up to be a curse for Jax that he's going to have to deal with? So I liked that explanation as to, why she was able to choose somebody else over him because she wasn't his true love and would never be his true love
0: no and and i think for me like i always felt in the second one which name legendary i always felt in legendary yeah i was like what's the name of that one that it was so convenient that tella like was like that she got kissed by Jax and then she was obviously the one that like you know was his true love or whatever i always felt like that was a very convenient answer and i get it for the storyline obviously we don't want her to die but it it just felt weird to me and i knew mm-hmm. that she was going to pick dante and as much as like you know, we love Jax and we love the idea of him and stuff. I like that we get a couple lines in there where someone says like a fate being in love with you is different than a human being in love with you. It's more an obsession than love. (laughs) And so I think that was explained well. And like, you know, not quote unquote conveniently, but it was conveniently explained away why she didn't choose him. But this, I really liked that she was like, no, it's not that it was his true love and she didn't choose him. It's that she would never have loved him. And all these other girls threw themselves at him because they thought he was the prince of broken hearts or because he was so beautiful or all these things that could have potentially like felt things for him. And it's like, I really liked that she made it someone who was just like not enamored with him at all. And then Evangeline was very similar, but also like fell in love with him. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And I do think that a lot of people I from the criticism I've seen feel like that, That explanation was brought up kind of out of nowhere, but I completely disagree because in Ballad of Never After, we get a lot of sites of Aurora, like writing Aurora and Jax, like in the Mm -hmm. hollow or Evangeline finds Aurora's journal. And it's like all written about like how enamored Aurora is with Jax. Like that doesn't come out of nowhere. It's very set up in the second
2: book. Yeah.
0: So people were saying that it was, it came out of nowhere that her, the curse. Yeah
2: the explanation
1: the explanation they felt it was
2: nah like a dance mocking machina
1: knocking futz yeah <laughs> she was real
2: live crazy like
0: stage five clinger you know Stage
1: five <laughs> clinger for sure she's like i don't know why
0: i don't like her maybe it's just her name no because the bitch is crazy i what? do
1: i did absolutely love the almost like lifetime drama meltdown of her being like Why her and not me? Like, why can't you love me? What is it about her that you like? But I, I have lavender hair. She has pink hair. We're both the same. Like, what a fucking lunatic Like
0: absolute nightmare i i simply cannot i was it. i liked it though because we got to when we read her diary i think was a really good way of putting it too because it, when the lifetime moment happened i was like laughing because you know that these were like her true feelings and it wasn't just like mm-hmm. for the drama like she literally was writing in her diary like yeah. i dyed my hair not that Jax will notice no, yeah. still <laughs> i was like all right listen you're nuts it's, it's, it's
2: <laughs> the vibes of someone who never grew up like mm-hmm in the valerie arch for how how long okay. and it's like she didn't mature at all so she's still like that love sick little yeah
1: girl. yeah well correct me if i'm wrong when they were in the arch they were like basically asleep like they weren't alive like they were not like, like aging a... so it's been like a day for her so <laughs> it's like she's literally fucking crazy well and i
0: i like that character of like the unhinged Yeah. Not X necessarily, like that unhinged girl who's like obsessed with someone who doesn't even know that she exists or is like a brother figure. I don't, I can't think of another example. I just know that it is like a thing that exists. It's it's
1: my brother's best friend. It's the brother's best friend trope.
0: The brother's best friend. But like, I love when they're crazy and then then the guy that she's in love with is like, oh my, my, my. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Ooh,
0: dodged a bullet there. You know what I mean? Like that's, I love that vibe where they're like, you know, I could have loved you had you not been a psychopath Yeah, and it's like good that I didn't type of thing. And I just, I find that to be absolutely hilarious. Although I kind of wished that we got a little bit more unhinged from her. Like, I think she was almost too nice, but because then they make the comment at the end where they're like, oh, they would never let, you know, everybody know that their daughter is a monster. And I was like, what about the murder? what murder you know I just wanted a little well, more they don't that. want
1: they don't want anybody to know that their son's a monster either that's the whole that was the whole point of putting the right mask on him.
0: I wanted more chaos I really did I love chaos I know I hope we get another one with him because I feel like he was such a big part, especially the second book that oh. I was shocked he didn't show up that much in this one and then there wasn't an explanation for everything that happened because I'm kind of wondering too like. Maybe it was chaos and his uncontrollable hunger, but at the same time, it's like, was it another
1: vampire
0: or something? And that's going to come up later.
1: Like It's possible. I will say, however, Stephanie, like, at the end of the Caraval series, there is the whole, like, Donatella going to meet, like, a young woman, I believe, that's supposed to be her daughter. I think in the future and setting something up so that like her daughter's going to, or this woman is going to have to deal with it. I can't remember the details exactly, but like that never gets answered. There's like no ramifications for it. And so it's like, sometimes she just doesn't. Yeah. And I think that she sets that up very well in the once upon a broken heart series, considering the storybook curse is that like you're never going to know the true ending of some of these stories you're never going to sometimes these words are going to change and sometimes stories are just cursed and you're not going to get all of the information
0: yeah it's, it's kind of like when her mom dies really abruptly i think in the carval series like
1: that's it. it you know no, what i mean i mean know. nothing is ever going to beat the fact that in the first caraval book donatella jumps from a balcony and basically dies and the thing that brings her back to life is cool. her sister's love that's right. it that's the entire explanation and I just remember sitting there just like wait I'm confused as to this explanation you're I'm confused. Confused. I'm confused I'm fucking confused bro <laughs> like I, I once you accept that Stephanie's explanation is love and magic you're gonna have a much better time
0: well, and like, yeah, there's a lot of times too where where people meet and they are friends and they end up together. Like, how did Donatella? I mean, this is going into Caraval, but like, how did Donatella find fate? Uh, find legend in the first place, and like all that kind of stuff. Where you're like, how would you guys really get that close? That he would they like,
1: got, uh, they fucked after a party. <laughs> yeah, but like, you convinced him to like let you be the object of the game after oh, like. I'm sorry, they they got close after a party. This is a YA novel. They got close after a party. <laughs> My bad they
2: woke up together they woke
0: up together after a party listen she must be a really good screw because (laughs) i can't imagine this legendary guy letting you be like oh can i be the center of attention for this entire game after like meeting her at a party i don't know there's just i agree i think there's a lot of parts of like stephanie's stuff where it's like magic and whimsy and all of that but i i almost wanted more of like the Valors, and i hope that we get them later on i just thought it was like there's just a couple of moments where like things don't make a lot of sense and like aren't cohesive and that's okay it's just yeah. like for ta- she had a lot of big characters in the second one and the first one that didn't come back like the sister and chaos and all that kind of stuff so it's like
1: yeah and luke bye luke what's in it and in- he's not in the third book just he's mentioned. mentioned yeah he's mentioned but he is not in it
0: i forgot that he was the heir like that they set him up i i was like what are they talking about
2: i like forgot for a split second at the air was he's the- such
1: a himbo though yeah like
2: such a big dumb vampire, <laughs> like, yeah, and like Lala
0: too. I know she's not a huge part of the second book. Like, obviously, you know she does the Archer curse and all, all curse and all of that kind of stuff. But I felt like she was a bigger element, and I liked when I liked Stephanie's explanation of her saying, you know, obviously I wanted to spend time with her, but I don't remember her, so it wasn't worth it for me, yada yada. But yeah. it's like she also disappears. Like, you know, she helps her escape, and then it's like bye. No, don't they, awesome.
1: they meet up at the yeah.
0: yeah Yeah, but after that never
2: to be seen again and then they broke up because she's the unwed bride
0: well yeah Yeah. but i'm just saying like they they like meet and chaos is like always going to go burn his heart and she's like i have to do this alone see ya and that's like the end of like lala
1: yeah i would like to get a little bit more lala no i don't think no i don't think that is the end because then we see her um again with the valor brother or do we just valor brother just meet
0: him and then evangeline has that thought where she's like i didn't expect him
1: to be this guy i would love for stephanie to do like all of the fates like just give me like a whole fate universe Ooh, little teeny novellas for everything yeah and then you could make you could sell the deck with all the different fates in the deck
0: listen who's her marketing manager we will get in after this nobody knows no one's been
1: able to get into
0: contact with her flat iron books is a locked vault (laughs) no i think yeah i agree like i i think that would be really cool and i i want the next one to be a prequel i don't think it's going to be but i want it to be like the story of them and i think that she did such a like an in-depth explanation and we got more of it in this one that she won't ever do a prequel i shouldn't say that but i don't feel like the next one's gonna be because we've gotten such history of these guys it's like i almost want to know how they ended up like in the arch in the first place and like who set that magic? Did we learn that? Did I just forget that conveniently? Like, they created the arches, but, like, who decided to put them in there and leave Chaos out?
1: I think they put themselves in there, didn't they? Themselves in there. Did they? Yeah. Yeah, Because there was going to be, like, an uprising against them, so they, they went in there to, like, protect okay. themselves. Yeah. But then they got locked in there, and so Chaos was like, I gotta find someone to unlock them. And then they put the helm on him before. They put the There's helm on something. him before,
2: yeah. He got, like, twisted. That's right. Yeah because story. of the story curse
0: the story curse is silly what a I silly silly a story thing
2: curse. story curse because i it, love it it lets the unanswered questions be unanswered And that's yeah instead of it being
1: like people are hiding it from you it's like it really plays on the way that like stories get twisted yeah Instead of it being like the there's someone maliciously behind it like purposely tw- twisting these stories it's a curse that changes it from person to person you're never going to get the, the same, same story.
2: story at the end of the book the curse is the last narrator that's so um, cute yeah I, th- I thought that was adorable and then speaking of curses there's a really cute not cute I thought I again only physically read like the last quarter of this book because I was listening to it but um it's it's from Evangeline's POV where she says loving Jax felt doomed from the start but Evangeline's had learned that love was more than a feeling and it didn't have to be the safe choice because love was also more powerful than fear it was the ultimate form of hope it was stronger than curses oh god
0: it's so good there's so many good lines in here where she's like i want to kiss him but i don't want to die oh,
1: now read now read up. the excerpt of the tree swallowing a palm.
2: <laughs> i have that annotated the i just want to kiss him Evangeline said softly, "And I don't want to die."
1: I love it. And then he does. It was steamy. Him, it was the tension.
2: Stephanie knows the, how to write tension. The te- the vibes. The vibes. Immaculate. And I love when she does kiss him, and his response was, "You shouldn't have done that, little fox."
0: So is it's her breaking the curse? Just like love and magic. Is that what that was?
2: No, I think the curse was already broken.
1: Was it? No, I thought it was just love and magic. I thought it was like true love's kiss.
2: I thought the curse was already broken and technically Donatella broke it. Oh. Oh,
1: well, you know, that's a good point. Because we hadn't seen him kill anybody with his kiss since he kissed Donatella. That's a good point.
2: And then with Aurora's explanation.
1: Yeah, you're right. I hadn't thought about that.
0: Yeah, because he gave her like the scar, the apple scars or whatever. So that was how he explained all the other ones. But that makes mm-hmm. sense. Okay, I like that one better. I like that better than loving Not- <laughs> <laughs> I was like, going with that. When I, was, when like, I
2: so... read that, I was like, "Oh, so he wasn't cursed at all."
0: Yeah. So like this whole time, he hasn't been. Granted, he hasn't like made out with anybody recently in this book, other than Evangeline. I think right.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, we haven't seen him kiss anybody since Donatella. He gets close to the one girl in the first book at the dinner party. Yeah. But he, but like Evangeline steps in before he does it. I also totally forgot that she killed Petra and I was like, ooh, yikes. (laughs) I you're also bad forgot about that but not i i didn't forget about the actual killing i forgot that the girl's name was petra mm. and so when we got to the scene and he was just like you killed petra i was like who the fuck Ooh. is petra i was like i don't know who that well i Well, and then the, when the lord like took her away and tried to kill her i was yes. like why is he mad what is he talking about and i was like about? what was like, is, oh, who is that? that and then i had to go look and i was like oh yeah the girl I forgot about him the girl with the white hair i forgot about that bitch
0: yeah i forgot that she tried to kill evangeline and then evangeline had to kill her and i i, I forgot about that whole part
2: because yeah. she was the first fox right no
1: yeah she was the first key or whatever and She's then the first key that kept the stone that kept oh, so, yeah like, it was the the yes. truth stone yes the beauty no it was either the youth stone or the truth stone it's giving it's, it's giving in infinity Wars. Wars. Uh, what <laughs> it's giving thanos like <laughs> it's skipping yeah. Ooh. anyways yeah
0: I forgot about that part so yeah when that came up too I was like who is that I feel like that's my mom's name so I feel like I would have remembered and I didn't at all so I was like yeah. I don't I have to wiki this I was like who's that I don't know who that girl
1: is she's not I, like, I forgot I did not remember her
2: name I, I didn't remember her at all
1: couldn't remember her name
2: because we don't hear her name. we hear her name like literally twice yeah yeah Always known as like that beautiful woman with white hair,
1: which was a wig. Well, the whole and time. that
0: part, too, Stephanie does a really good job of making you feel like Aurora is going to do something malicious or like nefarious. And so you're like, don't go with her. And then he, there was so much murder in this book. Like, I know. So much. I was like, whoa, girl. Whoa. I,
1: loved it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I do. The one thing I love about Stephanie is, like you said, she writes great tension, but I really, really appreciate. I love you, Carrie. But as much as I do, I really, really appreciate that she didn't take this from YA to NA for the last one and made it like yeah. really something. Like I I love that we kind of kept it throughout. It was fade to black. It was just angst. And like, and they're not young either. Like Jax obviously is immortal, but like Evangeline is like 19 or 20 and so yeah. is Apollo. So yeah. it's like, they're not, it, this isn't a YA like hardcore at this point, but I do appreciate that it wasn't like smutty. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I think Evangeline might be, 18. 18 and Didn't i think 18. apollo is like 21 maybe he's 20
0: he's somewhere in there he says he's around yeah. 20 yeah and then i think i don't know like again i don't know how much time has passed either like if it's been a year since the first book or whatever but like they're not 16 when we saw yeah. this you know what i mean yeah but i appreciate that we weren't like you know giving each other blowjobs on a boat yeah it's, through. It's, it's just
1: not necessary And in every book, like I sometimes you're just there for the tension, you know. Sometimes Sometimes it's just the vibes, the vibes, (laughs) just the vibes. And you know, I would rather just get the vibes than someone forcing themselves to write a spicy scene that doesn't fit.
0: Yeah, and I don't think it was like bad. Like I said, I love Carrie, love that series, and I don't think it was terrible. But I'm really glad that it didn't take that turn. It's like if you're going to do it, commit the whole time and like keep it consistent. And if you're going to do like a kiss is going to kill someone we don't yeah. i'm i i was not expecting that and i liked that we didn't get it because yeah. i was a little worried when we got to the inn and they were like taking each other's clothes off that uh i was gonna try yes
1: no i was like damn how much heat are we adding here how much <laughs> just one quarter of a chili pepper we love it we love a good green pepper in this household that's correct <laughs> oh you love a little black pepper
0: this was yeah it was like a little banana pepper like not yeah. quite spicy but
1: like just got, one yeah one little pepper little flake just <laughs> just in one. the whole dish we love it it's like unbuttoning a button and all of us are like oh my god the scandal this <laughs> oh is why god, i can't read it fiction. that he took her clothes off like she was in her chemise chemise what is it called chemise, oh, chemise. she wasn't just <laughs> that chemise, my dear. he had a shirt on thank you very much you know, he put his I'll hand up her shirt, but writes good tension without spice is what is it? Trisha. Oh, she did seller. the daughter of the pirate king.
0: Yeah. 11 seller or whatever.
1: Yeah. She, 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 she writes good tension too. Mm-hmm. I liked the tension in those books. I, she,
0: the, you're right. I read the shadow between us and she, yeah.
1: Yeah. Apparently the shadow between us has a sequel. I did not know that until recently. People,
0: no, stop. Literally stop. Everyone needs to stop. If you wrote a standalone, write the standalone, call it a day, be done. It's like
1: a, it's an interconnected. It's not the main couple. I
0: was like, it's giving House of Salt and Sorrow. Please stop. Yeah. (laughs) I was like invested in that and I'm done with it. And now I have to read Rotten Ruin and I'm, and I'm not happy.
1: Bring back more standalones.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I thought it was good. Like, I just really liked that. And I was, I was expecting it a little bit as soon as we got there and they were taking each other's clothes off and all those things, but she didn't. And
2: And it faded to black and it was beautiful. It was part, like, it was the perfect amount that needed to be in that book i agree
0: yeah agreed i think like i really wanted more but at the same time i was very content with like how it ended and i want more from this series and obviously i want more from stephanie but like would you guys be sad if she never wrote in this universe again obviously regarding not regarding the fact that it's your favorite series ever but like do you feel satisfied enough that like if she was just she just did six books and that was it you guys would be like
1: gucci You know what I would truly love, and whether it is of these books or of a prequel, I would love for her to go the V.E. Schwab route. And have there be graphic novels that expand upon this universe. Like V Schwab has her darker shade of magic universe. She has the, which is now the Threats of Power universe, and she has the vicious, extraordinary EO universe. And mm-hmm. in both of those, she expanded on those universes. And some in the Threats of Power case has a prequel about the Red London's king. That are all graphic novels. And I just want, this is a book that I want to see. I don't know that I necessarily, this is a series I want to see. I don't know that I necessarily want to see it in live action or even on a big screen or on my television. Agreed. I need, I want to be able to see. This is the type of series that I crave fan art, that I crave illustrations for, just because it is so beautiful and so whimsical. I don't know. I, 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 Would move on, I guess, if I never got anything else. But in my dream world, I would love to see some graphic novels that take place in this universe, whether it's by her or by other people. That is such an interesting take. I really like that. I never
0: thought about it. But Molly and I were talking about the covers for the Fairy Loot edition, the alternate dust jackets. And I love that art style. Like whoever was the artist for that, I need to look it up. And I agree. Like I think that would I
2: who is it? Do you know who it is? She's the one who did the picture that is... uh, I'm like, I'm
0: an idiot. (laughs) I'm like holding my on up like, this one? But I think that animation style and doing it, or even, I mean, I don't know. I like graphic novels. Let me rephrase that. I really enjoy graphic novels. And I know what you're saying by the thing, but I I like how long-winded and, you know, epic Stephanie's is. But I almost wish like maybe it was... I don't know if this is even a thing, but it's, like, words written, art, every fucking page. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's
1: really excessive, but I would like a novel graphic. Like, children's <laughs> books. Like, like yeah, like, I shouldn't say children's books. That makes it sound like I'm saying, like, a storybook. But, like, I know what you mean, Like uh, like, older fairy tale books. Yeah. Like, 20th century fairy tale books often had that, where it's, like, words on one side and then an illustration on the other
2: that's what i would like i don't think i personally would like the graphic novel route just because because of how long-winded and whimsy and yeah she is very specific i have in my head how i want things portrayed that's fair like not the right kind of art it's like Mm -hmm. if the art style is not what i have envisioned then i would just be like no like that
1: you know it would be fantastic God, I should work in marketing. I would love a, it's a lot
2: harder than you think.
1: I know. <laughs>
0: <You> <laughs> I did a wish you great I... job, sweetie.
1: <laughs> um, but I would love a there's a thing that the Star Wars universe did where they released a bunch of like animated shorts. By different artists and different directors they were all in different like art styles mm-hmm. and they all told different stories from within the star wars universe i would love if there was something like that for each one of the fates with different like art styles for each of the fates like chaos right, depending on where we view chaos if he really is a fate or not considering i think at the end of curse they say that Jax was lying about that that he isn't actually a fate Mm-hmm. It yeah, a fate to be immortal with chaos, but chaos is not technically a fate, if I remember correctly.
2: He just started that story so that no one would look twice at him.
1: Yeah, so if we got something from like Lala's story in one art style, and then the ballad, the ballad of the Archer and the Fox, and like Jackson another art style, and yeah. then we got all of these that what's uh, poison in another art style, like something that's just like so different from each one of them, that would be a dream of like short stories. Or short films that are, yeah,
0: because you can like go and expand from there. And if she ever decided to do something different with it, mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, it's like, yeah, she has the potential to do something very Star Wars esque, where it's like this massive world. There's so much going on in it, and it's so well structured that, mm-hmm. and people are like invested in so many different pieces of it, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Just I, I think I'm just old fashioned, and I think Stephanie's world is just so beautiful on paper. Like, mm-hmm. that i i just i don't know i it i feel as though it might take away the whimsy
1: yeah see that's where i i see that's where i disagree i think it would take away the whimsy i i if it was like on a screen i think i would be much more protective of it but i, I think in graphic novel form i i just would love to be able to see the things that she is describing outside of just the hallucinations in my mind
0: I think I when love- the, the Fairy Lou editions came out and we saw the alternate dust jacket and like initially like I was like wow this is really cool but it's so complex you know the foiling on the front and stuff like that And everybody was like this is kind of a weird book like why is it so pink and vibrant and so I agree like I don't know if I'd like it on the screen but I think now that we've read it and it's developed and things like that I prefer the UK editions and I think that has more of like Stephanie's vibe. So it's like, I would think I would uh, be okay with having it in a graphic novel format or like having someone illustrate the book. Like I just want page overlays. I want every page written, like, you know, the big giant scenes to have art going along with them.
2: I would my, I guess my, like, I don't want to say like compromise. What I would want would be what is written currently. And then in between illustrated pages Yeah. like I don't know if I could read this as a graphic novel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Totally fair. I think but I I like the idea of doing like the fates as like little novellas or like graphic novels in between. Like, I think that would be so fun, but I want Stephanie to do them. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's crazy. And it's, I think it's crazy to think about how popular this series is compared to Carval. Like I know Carval is a classic and you know, if you read it, you read it. And I think it's the timing of the industry you know and how popular this got and the edition was a great one for her but it's crazy how much more love i feel like this series has than the first series and i don't know if that's timing like what are your guys' thoughts on that
1: i think a big part of it has to do with right now people are really into the villain gets the girl trope Mm -hmm. and this heavily plays into that um versus like Caraval. And I I think it also has to do the reason I read it or I wanted to read it. And I read Caraval first was because of the UK covers, the UK covers drew me to that book. And I was like, okay, I need to read Caraval before I can read that because I can't jump into the middle of the series. I have to start from the beginning. And that had a big play. I think, you know, the phrase don't trust a book by its cover is not in play right now like everybody is just reading for vibes and mm-hmm. between that and the whole villain gets the girl i think is what a lot of people what drew a lot of people to that series in the first place
2: i i agree and i want to add that i also think um evangeline is a lot more likable character than tella i i think i like, take <laughs> i think with Caraval, like yeah. Scarlett was just this like angry at her sister the entire time,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but loves her sister. I mean, I, I get that. <laughs> Shout out to Molly's sister. <laughs> I mean, that's, what like, you mean? that's like, that's what having a sister is essentially. Yeah. yeah. But at the end of Caraval, I was like, well, I have to read legendary because also as the youngest, and so is Donatella, I need some redemption. Like there was just, it was, I feel like everybody loves a likable character. And I think Evangeline was heartbroken at the beginning and everybody has been heartbroken somehow and can relate to that a little bit more and wants the best for everybody. And you want this like super likable character to get the villain because it's a super likable character. And it just seemed, I feel like, in Stephanie's world, there's gonna be twists and turns and the whimsy. But I think at the end of the day, we all believed from the first time we met Jax. At least I did. I was like, oh, they're gonna end up together. Like, yep. yeah. yeah. And there was not really that in Caraval. Like there was just I mean, and I thought it was done really well of like, wait what, wait who, wait what, wait, but what, but who, like the entire time. But I also think like initially the, the sisters are not as likable as Evangeline was.
1: Yeah, I will agree with that because I remember reading Caraval and uh really liking it and then realizing the second book was a telebook and being like, Oh god, it's a
2: telebook. Tell us the worst. That's why I read it because I was like, um, stop with the youngest child slander <laughs> needs to be- and
1: legendary actually became my favorite book in that trilogy so it's,
2: it's yeah i think she it's really
0: good and i agree with both of you guys that it's the villain gets the girl and also i think those characters are very just like not typical but very typical of that time period too like yeah. the 2014 era of like strong female characters who want this this and that and true love yep. you know and so i think it's very telling of that time and evangeline is very telling of this time where she's like a very flawed character and she's so whimsical and we really like want the best for her and then i think jacks is that guy is the yeah. typical he is a very perfect interpretation of Morley gray yeah
1: i a pe- gray what can i say are all people pleasers right that too
2: she wants to do every like she brought her stepsister with her to the magnificent North because she felt bad and she wanted to make her feel better and also please her awful stepmother. Like, I think she has always been a people pleaser Mm -hmm. with the end goal of, I'm just looking for true love and I want to be happy. And I think for at least this elder millennial, that was like her idea, like my idealistic view on life for a while. So I think I agree.
0: I think, uh, yeah, I think you're right with the relatability and she, she's just a character. I mean, I think her and Jax both are really great characters to root for one. And two, Stephanie does a good job of making you, I'm not going to say like believe that there's another love interest, but like she does a great job of making you think that like this might not end up happily ever after or there might not be like a love story involved in this too. And I think that was really appealing, especially in the first one. Because it's not a love triangle necessarily, but it's like the edge of one. And then you're like, I'm kind of intrigued. Like, who's she gonna end up with? How's this gonna work out? Is it gonna be another car of all where she decides to end up with a different guy or whatever? And but it was like it was not the same predictability as like I'm not gonna say it. It's just not as predictable as like some other books where they follow the same, you know, epic love. Then they pick yeah. the next guy or whatever it is. So I think there's that element too. Like I read the first one and I was like, she's never going to end up with Jax. She might end up alone for all we know. Yeah. So I, I think that adds an element to it, but I, I don't know if it was like the timing, the marketing. I'm just, I'm kind of surprised sometimes that people don't know that Stephanie wrote Carball and that like.
2: For me. Yeah. this first book was in a box in a fairy loot box. Mm-hmm hi so jealous um and my I have a really good friend who loves to read whimsical books and she's read Caraval and she messaged me and said oh my gosh you're gonna love this have you read Caraval yet I said no she goes you have to read it but I've read you don't need to read Caraval in order to read it so go ahead and like but you're gonna Mm -hmm. love it it's there was those so it was I think a mix of it was in a box with fairy loot. And then you had those people who did read talk about it to other people. And we were at that, like, everybody wants the whimsy and the fantasy and the whatever. And I think that really just picked up. And it was probably like a perfect storm for her.
0: Yeah. This was like peak reading the boxes that came or reading the books that came in boxes season.
1: Yeah.
2: Which
0: you know? Is-
1: wild to think that this was in a box considering how popular it is now and how if you want the fairy loot edition you have to be like a member and be ready to go for the reprint because like they sell out so fast
2: I mean I am mad that I missed the box for Owlcrate mm-hmm. I don't have Once Upon a Broken Heart in Owl Crate, and That's I right. want it
0: I remember when it came like I remember getting it and going oh, I think I know Stephanie Garber because I had read Caraval in like 2018 or something like that. And I remember getting it and taking the dust jacket off and being like, "I okay. <laughs> like it was just so extra and it was so exaggerated. And I was like, why is it pink? And like, I don't understand what's happening. Like, isn't the name of this book once upon a broken heart. Like, why does it say the ballad of the Fox, like the archer and the Fox? I was like, what is the point of this? And then it was one of those ones like daughter of the moon goddess where it just started yeah. to get like more and more expensive on Macari and just like resell for higher and higher. And I was like, why is this so popular? And then we read it and I was like, oh, okay, get it now. And it was yeah. one of those ones. I think it was one of the first ones that Fairy Loot had done in a while that had the sprayed edges that were like really excessive. You know what I mean? They had gone back to doing like solids or like, you know, the ombre and stuff. So it was the first time in a while that Loot had decided to do like a very extra. I had Loot before and I ended up canceling right after this box because I was like, I'm kind of over it. <laughs>
1: Well that worked out well for you miss. Yes it did. Alarms to get me these books. Yes it did. Yeah. And then I mean that's not even taken into account the hidden covers with waterstones for the first editions. Yeah. Um with uh the other books I I only have one for ballad and I only have one for the my waterstones edition for uh Once Upon a Broken Heart was not a hidden cover uh which was a disappointment not to be unmatched by the disappointment of which hidden cover I got for curse for true love which Molly knows I said there was one cover I didn't want and it's the cover I got so and Molly got the one I wanted so we're just gonna move on with life (laughs) like you You got the one I didn't
2: want otherwise I
1: I know nobody wants the one I got nobody wants it because it's the worst one and I'm very, very upset. I literally told Molly, I was like, I will take any other one. I'm just going to say it. I will take any other one, but the the wolf in the flower crown. I was like, I will take literally any other one of them. And that's the one I got.
2: Whom, wom, wom.
1: Which is why I don't buy like mystery boxes anymore. That's right. You need to go <laughs> to England and check the dust jackets
0: underneath the dust jackets of every single book and every bookstore until you find the one you want.
1: Yep. I think they're all gone. <laughs> I think I don't think I, they were only for the first the first editions like the first print yeah,
2: yeah. I, the, they, the fourth they, wing they pulled um, Once Upon a Broken Heart out of the vault and redid it and that's how I have one that has wow. the three heart tattoo on mm-hmm. the cover, on the dust like underneath the dust dress, jacket I'm that was, was just valid this valid year. I
1: think um, my valid one is a box
0: I commend you guys for your collectible your collector Collectioning. I don't know how to say that because this is like so many books. You know, like, I'm fine having nine copies of Addie Larue because it's a standalone. But you guys are like three books, and I have nine copies of each three book, <laughs> and I will settle for nothing less.
1: My favorite um, part is the the ones that we're getting from Indonesia, like which. Yeah, yeah, both of us being like okay so we have a contact going to Indonesia here's the money please purchase us these books get me three of them
2: <laughs> they, yeah it's, I was looking when I was grabbing this copy that I had some quotes lined in for to prepare for this I was looking at what will soon need to be an entire shelf of Stephanie Garber mm-hmm. on my I was like oh I have like four copies of once upon a broken heart i want five because i don't have the owl crate one i have like four or five copies i have two copies of the of ballad of never after paperback uk edition yep the the u.s edition is isn't coming out yet but barnes and noble is doing a special edition of the paperback and it's going to, going to include stephanie garber's annotations is it that's oh, the- for the last one or the first one? The, the second one. Ballad. Ballad. Ballad's paperback is not um out in the US yet. I'm dumb. Yes. And so they're doing Barnes and Noble did like a special for a special edition one for Once Upon a Broken Heart. And then for the one I saw in her stories, she's annotating, she's writing stuff in a book, and she goes, Oh, by the way. These annotations are for the special edition paperback that Barnes and Noble is doing for Ballad.
0: That's wild.
1: I'm so happy and for her. We can't forget that the Caraval Collector's Edition, which is my favorite collector's edition, I just think it's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, we don't have that for Once Upon a Broken Heart yet. So I can't imagine that that's not going
2: to happen. I don't I don't maybe it might be a while because they just that company who does those just did cruel prince
1: yeah I think we'll get I think
2: it'll be a five-year anniversary thing yeah
1: I don't think it's coming anytime soon but I do think it'll happen I think so
2: too relatively soon I think is the special like five-year anniversary edition of the UK cover of finale That's got gold. I'm telling you, I have an entire shelf of Stephanie Garber.
0: I have like, I'm just patiently waiting for the next one. I've never like physically read the special editions that I have of any special edition. They just live on my shelves.
2: They're just pretty. They're They're just pretty, right? I read a study in Drowning. Yeah.
0: I clearly, you know, use the things that I purchased. This is why I had to stop getting book boxes because I was like not reading them.
1: Yeah, I I read almost exclusively ebooks. Uh it's mm. very rare I read a paper book, paper book And I will only do that if the cost of the ebook is absolute insanity and it has an insanely long uh wait time at the library. That is aka this one. <laughs> aka this one. No, this one I, I bought the ebook. The ebook was I think nine dollars because I couldn't wait and I wanted it to download on my Kindle immediately at midnight.
2: I did the audiobook because i happened to be driving down to my parents and it was like a three-hour drive and i was like i i can knock out six hours of this 10 hour right
0: i think rebecca soler too is an excellent narrator and i'm glad that she used her across all the series is it was a little hard for me having read carval to get into it with evangeline being the same voice was even worse was reading fourth wing <laughs> I did like a tandem, like I did ebook, physical and audio, like any chance that I could get because I was trying to finish it really quickly and I got, and I like started it and I was like, what you doing here, Bex? What you doing? You don't belong here. You belong in the magnificent (laughs) North. Yeah. I need you to go home.
2: (laughs) I have to say, listening to A Curse for True Love, and while I appreciate that we did have the male narrator, it was a little jarring. Mm. Like hearing how Rebecca did the the voices of Jax and everybody like that's I had this notion and then we had like this guy who totally changed them and I was like whoa this is not how I kind of envisioned this person sounding and now I'm he fair. sounds like an old like chaos sounded like an old decrepit man
1: that's what I was gonna ask you I, I was too nervous to do the the audiobooks because the way that you were going, you were saying about like the visuals and the graphics is how I feel about voices. So I'm mm-hmm. so particular when it comes to audiobooks because if it doesn't sound the way I imagine it in my head, I don't want to listen to it. Like yeah, with totally the fair. Throne of Glass books, I absolutely love the narrator of those books. But at the very beginning, she makes Dorian Sound like a prim and proper old lady, and I remember being like, absolutely not. And then like, <laughs> I can't deal with that. I don't yeah. love that.
2: I got used to Rebecca. That's her name, right? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I got used to her from the Caraval series, and and I got used to her cadence and how yeah. she really. I think she does bring to life Stephanie's writing really, really well. Agreed. Um, she has almost like that whimsy esque to her voice, yeah. so that it, and it doesn't sound ridiculous when she's like, "This smelled of hope and dreams." When anybody else reading it, you'd be like, "That's dumb," but it it's like the the male narrators. Like I was really excited, and the one for Apollo was fine, but like it was more of the secondary characters that he did the voices for that didn't really match the vibe that Rebecca did for those same characters especially like chaos like and I know he's like not a
0: huge part so it's like it probably really takes you out of the story to have it It jump like like that
2: or like I was like whoa okay
1: and that's my big problem with dual not audiobooks is mm-hmm. the inconsistency of character voices which is why I typically stay away I think the only dual audiobook that I truly loved is I really liked Divine Rivals dual audiobook because oh, yeah because okay. they matched they, they kind of matched the same vibes but that is like a huge issue with most dual audiobooks is I feel like they, there's no talking It's kind of like in what was the superhero Shazam? When you see like the second, yes, I'm comparing this to Shazam. So when you, and the SAG after strike is over. So I'm allowed to talk about this movie. So in the second movie, a big criticism, one of many of this movie is that Zachary Levi and this other child actor play the same character, but there's no communication as to how they're playing these scenes. So when they swap back and forth, there's no consistency in this one singular character character and so like that is my main issue when it comes to dual audiobooks is I need there to be consistency and most of the time the narrators aren't talking to each other or the director hasn't communicated that they need to have this same cadence and that is my issue with most dual audiobooks
2: no and that makes sense but it, it was even obvious that like I want to say the guy potentially and I'm not speaking for him and I'm not making assumptions but it yeah. just seems if he didn't even like listen to the first two books to hear how Rebecca did the voices of these Mm -hmm. to like just give that those vibes but from a masculine point of view um, it just even like when he's Apollo and he does Jax's voice and I'm just like no
1: okay then I will not be listening to the audio I mean I have it just because you know I'm, yeah we didn't have
0: I, <laughs> I have them also on on audible those are the two like those are my two free credits that I got it is from it is audible
1: <laughs> bring up fourth that you brought up fourth wing because a lot of the criticism of the audiobook for fourth wing is that people don't like Rebecca
0: I think they don't like her for, I would say for me personally like I don't like her for that role only because I spent so much time with her as Evangeline and Donatella and Scarlett and just like yeah being in this very whimsical world as I I know we talked about this earlier. They're not that young, but in my head they're younger than like Violet who's supposed to be 22, something like that. Like I think that that it just made it more juvenile than I already thought it was. Yeah. And it kind of keeps it in that realm, which I think is okay. But that is just, yeah, I don't know. You get into this weird thing too, where the industry is so small for narrators that they want to choose from. And then when you start getting repetition and they're, so vastly different or they're so similar that it's like I think it takes you out of the story a little bit so I agree I'm I'm starting to get more particular about audiobooks I
2: didn't mind Rebecca for fourth wing and I think it I was able to get into the story a lot easier because I was used to her and I didn't have to get like used to someone else's voice and uh, cadence and I was like oh oh I'm familiar with her okay and I mean it's the equivalent of like seeing an you know an actor who in one movie he's somebody and then and in another movie he's playing somebody completely different um
1: yeah. yeah i think the only thing that so i'm i was when i was listening fourth wing and i got to the first like spicy scene it threw me because i was so i was so not used to rebecca narrating spice that i was like this feels wrong Like, and that's not that's not on her um, there are plenty of narrators who, who do both, who do both like non-spice and spice Jacob Morgan being Zachary Weber, but it just, it threw me. Cause I wasn't expecting it. I think it's the same, like what you were saying T, where it's like, I'm just not used to her doing that and being mm-hmm. so used to her playing Evangeline and Tella and, and, uh, um, Scarlet that yeah. it like felt like a jump scare. almost.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Ooh, I-, I felt the same way. Like when I started, I was like, Oh my, 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 I've heard this girl before. But I liked it and I think, yeah, I, I like her voice. And like you said, I think she does a really good job with the cadence, especially for Stephanie's stuff. It just, it was a bit of a jump scare for yeah. fourth thing, And also when it happened too, like the book wasn't that big yet. Like I know it was big, but it wasn't that big that I was like, yeah. I don't want her to become synonymous at that, I'd prefer her to be synonymous with like the Car of All series. And they can't do that. You're right, that's a really good comparison of like seeing actors in different movies and that kind of thing. But it, it, it to me, it was the... uh Noah what's his face from to all the boys I loved it's like every movie he plays in he's actually just Peter Kavinsky
2: yeah (laughs) it's just a typecast situation
0: yeah 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 yeah. he actually is just Peter he's not Noah he has no other personality other than to be the lacrosse player (laughs) I love him I love him Anyways, uh, do you guys have any final thoughts? What are your star ratings? Anything else? We I feel like we didn't cover it, but we covered it.
2: <laughs> we covered a lot. We did. I, overall, thought, I really liked it. I think it wrapped up really nicely in the way that Stephanie Garber wraps things up. I gave it five stars.
1: Okay, I like that. I believe I gave it 4.5, rounded up to five, because Goodreads doesn't let you do half stars. But I, I agree. I thought it wrapped up nicely, but I... I would have there were just like some things I would have just loved a little bit more of yeah. but nothing that stuck out so much that I'd be like ah uh, downgraded a whole star so uh so yeah I think I gave it 4.5 rounded up to five
0: I like that I gave it 4.5 rounded down to four on Goodreads okay I am an asshole I'm <laughs> just kidding <laughs> I, I am think, the worst I am the worst I agree I think it wrapped up really well for me I felt like I think I texted you guys and was like, I'm back in my cozy fantasy era. Yeah. But I think we were like 65% of the way through and not a lot of like movement had happened. And I was just thinking back to like the rest of the series. And I was like, we have gone so many places, done so many things. And like, at this point, all she's done is like go to the cursed forest. And I know a yeah. lot happens after that point, but I was a little surprised, I think. And you're right. She doesn't have memories. So it makes sense. But I was like, wow, a lot, like all we've done thus far is like, hang out with Jax and hang out with Apollo and that was it and so I didn't not like it I just was wanting a little bit more movement I think from like the cast of characters and stuff and then the not explaining specifically out loud on the page because I am that person who killed everybody and now that you guys say it's chaos I get it but when I was reading it I was like who the fuck did this and why are we not hurt (laughs) and I was like who did it who did it so I think like those little explanations for me kind of like took me out of it because yeah. I was like, surely they're going to explain at some point, like it was chaos that did it. And then he just pops up like, I'm just trying to be a good guy and, and then leaves. So I think those two things for me, like gave it the like half star down. But I, I mean, I loved it. I think it was really good. I agree. I like the way it ended. I like that. I think we're going to get something else, especially with all these bonus epilogues. But yeah, those, those two things I was like, okay,
2: me. I think I'm me. just the image of the group and just sees the best out
1: of everybody I would have yeah. I, I think what something that Tatiana what you said made me made me remember one of the reasons was I just would have wanted more Jack's POV yeah because it felt like I, I, I just would have liked some Jack's POV when he wasn't around her it felt like all of the Jack's POV we got was when he was with her and there were moments where he was gone and I would have liked POV from those moments
0: yeah and how he like came about the idea of like oh we didn't talk about this the cuff I, I don't think it needs like a massive explanation, but I almost, I like wanted a little bit more about like what made him decide to give his heart to this girl. Yeah. And then he takes it and, you know, like it, it wrapped up very conveniently because like- it's the end and all that kind of stuff. But I was like, what, what was the vibe?
1: I would have loved the chapter where he sees Aurora for the very first time and does agree to be like, okay, well, I'll give you yeah, my heart. Yes. Like I would have loved, like there were re- revelations that we got about what Jax did and there were Jacks POV chapters, but I would have been okay with sacrificing those reveals to myself in order to have it revealed in a POV chapter of him doing it.
0: I agree hundred percent.
1: It's like the, Molly would prefer the mystery,
0: but I would prefer ha- to have known. I'm one of those people too, though. Like, I don't like to be surprised as the reader from mm-hmm. the author. Like, I, yeah. I want to be there. This is one of my biggest like critiques about HOSAB is like, I you don't need to surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to be there. <laughs> you
1: yeah. know, I want to know it all.
2: <laughs> I think for me personally, I don't want to say, I always usually figure out a book. So I enjoy being surprised. Yeah. Like I am rare, like, there are only seven basic storylines of fiction. So after a while you can pick up what's going to yeah. happen. And yeah. so being shocked and having those big reveals is something I do live for. And I, I feel like it wouldn't have hit the mark as much if we saw like, maybe that could have been a bonus POV after the fact. Yeah. It's epilogue or something. Or it could but have been I a think- flashback. You know what I mean? Like, I think having it within the story would not have hit the mark the way it should have. Well, I, one
1: one of the things that comes with multi POV, one of the reasons you do multi POV, I feel like it comes down to two reasons. One, you have multiple parts of the story that you need to be told from, and you can't have your one main character be at every single one of these parts of the story so you do multi pov in order to get that and two you want your readers to know what is happening in those characters minds you want them to be able to understand the reasoning behind their actions i feel like those are the two big reasons that you do multi pov Yeah, and i feel like we didn't really we got more of the this is why Jax. this is what Jax is feeling this is why we're inside of his head is the reasoning as to why we got more of his POV but I never felt like he gave me a lot of explanation I was just there for his emotions which I'm okay with but I would have liked more of a here is the story rounded out from like his experiences within what is happening rather than him disappearing and then coming back and only getting his POVs when we're also with Evangeline because we could just get those POVs from Evangeline
2: and I feel that should have been an entirely different book because yeah. both of them too are all Evangeline's POV. This one is, was still very heavily Evangeline POV. Yeah. But we got little snippets of the two men because that we needed that very much. So, but I think if we had more Jack's like that, it needs to be just a a, a se- completely separate book of Jax's POV. Yeah. You know, who
1: does that fantastically? Tahara Mafi in the Shatter Me series. The main books in the Shatter Me series are all from Juliet's point of view, but there are novellas in between them that are from the male character's point of views that are giving you those insights that are within that timeline. So you Mm -hmm. get to know their emotions, you get to know their mindsets, but the main canonical story books are from Juliet's point of view.
2: I, I so I agree that I think I would have been nice to have more of jack's but then I think it would have been it would have been a completely different book. Mm. I think started off so heavily with Evangeline. Yeah, it's Evangeline's story. It's not Jax's. Yeah.
0: I think with the part though that like you're saying about exchanging, I think this would have been a perfect time when they get to, you know, she wakes up, the cuff is on her arm and Apollo shows up, the end of that chapter could have been a Jax POV, and maybe it didn't necessarily need to be that we found out, like, he gave up his heart, but it could have been the time that he, like, had the chat with Aurora. Like, it could have switched yes. to him, and then him getting the cuff from her, or whatever, yes. and then her being like, oh, but you have to give something up. What's that? End of the chapter, yes. and then going back. Like, I think something really small in there would have been cool, but yes. again, that does kind of take away from the big, like, who done it factor of it later on. I just... I almost I also wish like we'd gotten a little more of Jack's and like more explanation because i would not to get a chance for like chaos to have been there or something like that and you know those. I, think of things. I don't are... think it's necessarily a missed opportunity I just yeah. think it's like it was like an opportunity I think
1: there are ways in order to show without showing your entire hand yeah and for I you. I just would have liked a little bit more of that
0: yeah because I was confused I was like she's like, oh, it's the cuff of whatever. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Are we going to get like any more explanation of like how this came about? Because, well, when
1: you compare it to Apollo's chapters, every single time we get Apollo POV, he's out to doing something furthering the story. Like he's you also get his emotions, but he's going to these houses. He's going to these places. And like what you said, Tatiana, is you felt like she didn't move around a lot, which made sense for someone who lost all of her memories. But then all of POVs for Jax is he's pretty much just wherever she is. And he's moving around. We know he's moving around because she wakes up at the end. He's not there. She he only comes to her when he's when he's going by the archer name, like in certain instances within the castle. I would have liked the same treatment that Apollo got with Jax where we saw some of his POVs where it was just him doing stuff but you can do that without telling the reader everything that he's doing which has always been what's been so great about Jax is the mysteriousness of him
0: Mm. no I agree I just yeah the cuff thing was like a little weird to me I think for just the frame of reference of like when she gets it and then he has no heart. So it's like, I think that would have been really cool to put in there. But it, I am in mean, with you, Molly, also, like, had we gotten that, it would have ruined, you know, kind of later on, but I'm a dumb, dumb little boy and I can't guess a single thing that's going to happen. <laughs> so I want everyone to just tell me exactly what's going on. You're the dumbest boy in school. Have <laughs> no reading comprehension.
2: <laughs> I think we got so much of Apollo because we got none of Apollo. Yeah. Like, basically. And we all no jacks and it was more i think it i think at least for me we needed to experience jack from evangeline like instead of jacks from jacks for the Mm -hmm. most part for that whimsy love and magic thing I,
1: yeah, I get what you're saying. I just feel like if you're going to add those POVs in there, you need to make a decision one way or the other. And this felt like a step in between both of them. So like if if we wanted to just be Evangeline and keep Jax completely like mysterious, I don't think you need the Jax POVs in there. I just felt like the Jack POVs true. that we got weren't as just were just kind of like in there because of putting in his like state of mind rather than it being a POV to further along the actual plot of the story.
2: Liked knowing he was tortured.
1: We already knew he was tortured.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We love a good, uh, yeah. Stalker moment. I don't know. I kind of liked the part where he was saying he was like on the balcony and I was like, okay, so we're seeing where he's, he's at, but yeah, his was really short. I was shocked it was in there in the first place. Like this, the when the first one came up, because I'm not you people. When it came up, I was like, oh my God, Jax is in here. I'm so excited. And then, yeah, it sort of was just, it was so like brief that I almost felt like we didn't, we didn't really need it. But then at the same time, I, I liked seeing him tortured. So I was like, yeah. oh, this is the mess. I like this. But yeah, he didn't do a lot. He wasn't, not yeah. a whole lot going on around here. Is there another door? What?
2: I think it 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 gave like almost like a reverse because he always comes off as like aloof and I don't care Mm -hmm. and was reassuring to the reader that he really does care. That's true. He does care because he freaking used his one one and done to go back and save her.
0: And then he was gonna burn his own heart with the Phoenix tree. And then they stood underneath it, a flammable object
1: idiots sorry i don't think he was really thinking <laughs> in, that, in that moment
0: i was like this i bet this bitch is about to light on fire they're gonna like it's knock like, a leaf off
1: this is like when uh i tell somebody uh like when i'm at work and i tell somebody about a crime i'm like writing and they're like oh god he's an idiot and i'm like yeah well he's a criminal so <laughs> i mean like, what... he's like, a <laughs> criminal <laughs> i don't think what he you... was thinking the full like the full he saw an opportunity and he took it i don't think he was thinking about everything Yeah. I don't think that was
0: the top of his priority list was to make good decisions, but no, I mean, yeah, it was, it's great. It's magical. It's whimsical. The covers are wonderful. We had a great time. Everybody's happy sort of, I don't think everyone's ever going to be completely happy. This is a lot. This to me, I was worried in anticipation of the same thing as like serpent and dove when that trilogy ended, you know, a lot happens in that book. Mm -hmm. Same thing with, I think any of these very popular YA series, like not everyone's always going to be happy. And that's the point of, like, you know, having an author and all of us having different opinions and things like that. But as far as, like, the really popular series goes and finishing these trilogies, like, this was probably the one I was the happiest with the conclusion. Yeah. Looking at you, Kingdom of.
1: <laughs> Look, some of us like Kingdom of. Okay. Some of us. I mean. Very um, much I in like love with like that series.
2: The third one was not. So many questions. That was a new book.
1: Yeah. It's a, there. it's a doctor who situation.
2: <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. I have so many questions. I have so many questions. All I have so many that have just been created.
1: And that, that is a situation where, like I was saying with multi POV, it can, it, is like, I have a story I want to tell. I need to add all of these things mm-hmm. in there because I can't have my main character in all of these places in order to tell this story. But in in that book, it's so wildly out of the blue that I remember reading it and thinking, am I reading, did, did something happen to my copy? Did they put another book in the middle of my book? Like- That would have been
0: a great chance to do that whole trilogy. This is a side note and very irrelevant, but that would have been a great chance to do that whole trilogy from her point of view, whose name I forgot- and then pull a Scarlet St. Clair and do the entire thing over again from
1: his point yeah. of view. Yeah. Not JLA. Scarlet St. Clair. Jesus Christ. Let's not. Let's let's move forward. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> let's move forward. Amelia. 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 That's the one.
0: Yeah. Like, I think that would have been really fun. Anyways, I, I was very happy with the conclusion of this trilogy. I feel the same way about finale. Like, I'm okay. We're fine. Everything's okay. We're great. You know.
2: Mostly. <laughs> yeah. no one died that no one died Jack's. listen
0: they kissed and like walked off into the sunset so i don't really care what happens with everyone else yeah that's all i asked for and happy ending happy happy ending happy molly is not she would like a lala i want
2: want more from lala like i do want more from lala i agree character girly and lala has been in all three and I just want more. I, I want her to have her happy ending. Because I like she...
0: hoped that her, she was going to have a POV in this one. I was like, oh, what if she did something really cool? Like she did a Lala POV and everybody was like, that's so dumb. And I was like, okay, well,
1: I want... To the dude comes out of the tree i want the dude who comes out of the tree i want to know about this random dude i know we have all of these i could go with chaos but something about this epilogue i'm just like yeah. I need to know about this random ass dude who just came out of the street like who was he trying to sacrifice what power was he trying to get i want to know well and how
0: old are the valors in general like one That's question number one and two she must have known him at some point no i guess it wouldn't matter because they were asleep i was gonna say she must have known him at some point because it was her dad's tree but like the tree was alive while they were asleep. So yeah. I just answered my own question. I yeah. I said anything. This is what I'm saying. I'm a dumbed down dumb little boy. I can't figure anything out.
2: <laughs> I'm, Fine.
0: I'm like reading comprehension. Never heard of her.
2: <laughs> That's all I know because my mom was a reading teacher.
0: Yeah. I'm like, no, no, thank you. Anyways, all right. Well, thank you guys for coming on. I really appreciate it. Where can everybody find you just one more time in case they weren't listening before?
1: Find me Elena, Lois Lena on TikTok. Uh Good Books Great Looks. I started the Instagram as a makeup account and it changed and I don't know how to change the name on Instagram.
2: I can help you with that, sweetie. Oh, cool. Yeah. So maybe
1: don't go there yet.
2: <laughs> and I'm Molly, Molly Smiles Reads on both Instagram and TikTok but my wonderful uh, candle company is Smiles and Light and they are both on TikTok and Instagram and if you like Evangeline and Jax I have two candles and they smell amazing if I use it myself and the Jax candle bleeds red when it burns because he cries blood
0: I will link all of that below because both Elaine and I love the Jax candle I die a little bit every time so <laughs> every time I light it so thank you guys so much for coming on it's so much fun I really appreciate it and yay oh. yay <laughs> okay bye no bye from you
1: guys oh bye <laughs> oh please leave that in <laughs>
0: Thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. If you aren't following us, go ahead and follow us on TikTok and Instagram at the Bookish Bandar Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a five star review. And thank you guys again for all of your support. Have a great day.